Shifting Consciously, a podcast created to help us remember who we are, divine beings of love and light having a human experience, a platform for individuals interested in exploring the possibilities of living a life in alignment with what is highest and best in their own lives, and by doing so, making a difference in the world. Hello, I'm Karen Bowen. Welcome to the 10th episode of Shifting Consciously, a podcast dedicated to honest, responsible, and present dialogue, where issues of the mind and heart are discussed in a way to help one another consciously co-create. We will be looking at our beliefs, habits, and strategies, and explore which serve us and which need to be discarded. And of course, we will be examining alternatives to our current ways so we can live happier lives on a healthier planet, where we remind each other of the choices present in our lives and how to make them conscious choices. Today we're continuing our examination of how we can find peace, joy, and happiness and create the life that we want despite the chaos all around us. We discuss the power of role modeling and the overarching difficulty of remembering where our power comes from and the choices we might have to make in our partnerships. I'm Kate. I'm Dave. I don't know if you saw this on TV. I saw it and it was sad, but it was the reality. They were talking to a guy in Pennsylvania and, you know, Pennsylvania's with accounting, and I mean, they were getting death threats just for counting votes. And they were talking to this one guy, and he says, I've lost family members. I've lost friends over this election. Now, when did that happen before? I mean, you know, the old, the old mantra was don't talk about religion or politics, right? But you never had, you never lost your best friend or lost somebody in your family. Not to this magnitude. It, no. I noticed I noticed it starting in the 2008 election when it was Romney Obama, and that, that's that's when the and I'm not even saying it was because of President Obama or because of Romney. It was just that that was when that spark that really started to set the divide off seemed to occur. Where I start start seeing people lose friends. I had some people say that to me then, but it's way worse now. Well, but but you see that spark was important because we have an African-American man wanting to be president. That's for unheard some, of. For some people. But, but, but that is the spark. That's what I mean. That's terrifying for a large group of people. Okay? And so what I'm saying is that's, this brings up a lot of old stuff that we have to be willing to look at. Yeah, it's not a problem for me. Hey, I'd be happy if Kamala Harris Harris was a Muslim That would just and, and was gay. That would make it all even better because to me... It's the best person for the job that matters, okay? All right. But that's not where all the people are. That's not where they're... And all these things are punching buttons. But let's get back to the big story. So the big story is what you focus on, you create more of. Okay? So we have a responsibility to look out at what's happening and choose to see the good in it. Choose to say, okay... I see this happening, but I'm going to look at it from a different point of view. I'm going to see it as God's grace. I'm going to see it as part of the divine plan or whatever you want to say. Or I'm going to look at... So remember when George Bush, George W. was in the the White House and, and people were going nuts about him, right? And I remember, and I don't know if it was you, David, that I said it to, but I remember saying, he's Shiva. And people were saying, what are you talking about? And I said, well, he's Shiva. He's a destroyer. You have to destroy the old before you can build the new, which is Vishnu and Brahman is a maintainer. You know, well, that's the way it is. People don't realize that that's the way life is. We have to destroy what no longer serves us 
We have to let go of what no longer serves us. And we're both, we're all agreeing here, the two-party system doesn't work. Yeah, and it's either see the good in something, but I think it's also if you, if for some reason you can't see the good in something, at least try to reach for the thought that says, I trust in some higher plan that there's a point to it. Well, and I, that brings me back to something that caught me that you said, Karen. <clears throat> you said, it is, it is scary. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, am I scared? Am I scared? And I'm not. I'm not. I witness scary things. I, wit- I see. It's like I feel like I'm watching a bad TV show that I wish I could turn off. And I'm like. I you look, are watching a bad yeah, TV uh, show. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I look away sometimes. You know, and that's where I feel like, you know, I don't know if you, you guys feel this way. But, uh, you know, someone like, like you'll watch a show that's got some gory stuff in it or something that's gross and I don't look at it because I feel it in a way that's like disturbing to me so I just don't do it so that's part of why I don't watch all of the news like is because I'm like I don't this is not my reality I'm not and but I don't want to not know what's going on so I do it's you know I I try to like go somewhere in the middle with that like I know what's going on but I'm not sitting around watching the news every every day five o'clock yeah and um Anyway, so I just don't feel scared. And I, and I, every day I, you know, one of my intentions is I'm creating the highest and best world for myself and my family. And I think saying that every single day, it helps to build those words into my life and really truly build my life around those words. So it's, I don't feel scared. I know these things are happening and like objectively you look at it and you should go, well, Kate, yeah, you should be scared because there's weird things happening. But um, I have great people in my life. I have great people to talk to. I have um, for every person that gets really, really angry or really frustrated or steps away. I have three people that come in who are like appreciative that I'm not that way. And I think if we're not really so like so in other words anyone who's listening to this try it out see what happens you know because that's what i found is the more that i hold this way the more conscious i get and make the choice to be conscious i see the good moving around me and if i wasn't conscious i would miss it and and it snowballs yeah because when you do that you track you said you track people and then all of a sudden you you think more of it, and you start. It's snowball. You track more, more situations, more, and then you start going, "Wow, it right. compiles." That's that's what I've found. Yes. Right? And the opposite is true. Yes. And, and the opposite is true. The more you think about, yeah, the more the, you think about the negativity. The more you pay attention to the negativity. The more you draw that negativity to you, until you are surrounded by it, sinking um, into it. Yeah. But you see, that's the whole point of it, right? We have to learn. Remember, the, the job of mankind is to remember that they are masters of their own lives. That's really what we're here to do. We're to awaken to our own divinity. And if you're lost and if you're you know forgotten that thing, it's going to get painful. It's got to get painful. I think about the historical perspective of what we're talking about. Go back to my old lovely analogy about the First World War. Remember, that was the first mechanized war. But remember, it was also the beginning of the end of monarchy. Before that, most countries were run by monarchs, right? And then the Second World War, which was horrible, was the beginning of the end of nationalism. You know, Deutschland, Deutschland, über alles, right? But now you look at what's happening now, and this is the beginning of the end of the masculine-feminine divide and religiosity. 
Think about what's changing. Do you know the, the biggest segment of what, what they call religion is not really religion are people who say they're not religious, but they're spiritual. That's the biggest area of growth. Not Catholicism, not, not, you know, not, not Buddhism, but people who say, no, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. What does that tell me? That tells me people are taking back their power. That means people are starting to pay attention to the fact that they are, they have an intuition and that intuition is right on, you know, the infallible counsel of the inner voice. So, but to get there, think about everything that's happened to you in your life. You never made a huge change when everything was going good. Never. I sure wish I could. You can't. I wish I would. I sure wish just for once I go, I need to change that and not wait for somebody to hit me across the head with it. But, but you see, that's not the way it happens. And that's why I brought up Alice Bailey's book. Because the way it happens is we have to have a crisis. And the crisis then requires us to choose. Okay, which way am I going to go? And so that's why instead of looking at this situation in our world, in our country especially, as a bad thing, we need to look at it as a wonderful thing. This is great. In fact, I was telling Richard the other day when they were saying, you know, we're going to look into all these irregularities in the election. I said, great. They should, they should investigate every state. They should find every piece of fraud because they're going to find out it's minuscule and then they'll have to forget it. But I think they should spend billions of dollars on it because I think it's a great idea. No, seriously. Yeah, I think because yeah. I think our election should be squeaky queen. And I know that mistakes are made. And I'm sure there's a hundred. In fact, even Scott Walker there's said there'll be a hundred or two hundred, you know, but he says sure. not 20,000, you know. But so why not let the people investigate? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. But we're still not going to change it on January 20th, you know, but mm-hmm. still go for it. So what I'm saying is if we look at it as wow. This is wonderful. This is great. I'm getting to see my own negativity. I'm getting to see my own underbelly. I'm getting to make a choice. Which way do I want to go? I was talking to my sister today, which was really fabulous, because she was saying to me the same thing. She said, you know, when I catch myself going negative, I think to myself, no, is that really what I want to create in my life? And of course I don't. And then I say to myself, where did that come from? So she's doing some historical perspective, okay? Where did this come from? And that's authentic triangle. That's taking responsibility. That's being honest with yourself. That's not blaming the world, blaming the Democrats or the Republicans or the blacks or the whites or the Christians or the Jews or whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. But the other thing I want you to see is it's not just happening in this country. Every place on this globe right now is going through some big crisis. Every bit of it, whether it's the virus, whether it's ecological, no matter whether it's political, whether it's religion, Every because it's time for us to awaken from the nightmare, and the nightmare is we are not separate from God. And I, I want to say I think younger people get that are getting that now faster. I, I just want to. I mean, I know um, I love to talk about kids and like young adults, but um, I was working with some college kids today who are musicians, and we were in a a little Zoom meeting. So it's a, it's a music based zoom meeting and i got a question you know on my website and i talk about um how i work with the authentic relationship triangle and i've been trained by karen and and one of the students on their own asked me can you tell me what this what this authentic relationship triangle business is because what do you do with that so i spoke about it and i spoke about well you know here's what the drama triangle is and we want to turn it you know we want to turn around and we want to make choices that bring us to being honest responsible and present and um I related a little bit to music. I said, you know, we all know when we get frustrated with something in music and we're just, 
We just uh, start to blame and then we don't work on it anymore and we don't look at it in a flexible way and we become a victim, right? And then, you know, anyway, the point is they all were sitting there shaking their heads going, yeah, okay, that totally makes sense. Authentic relationship triangle. And I said, yeah, you can check out the book, One Conscious Choice. And they're like writing it down and I'm like, good. Oh my gosh, go forth and like share the good word. You have the ability to do this, to transform your life. And I, and, and I think that what's amazing is how quickly they absorb it and hear it. That's what's, that's what's remarkable to me. Because when, I, when people talk to me who, um, in, and this is just in general, and it's a small sample size, just the people in my life. But when I speak to people about what I'm doing who aren't um, in, at, in that age group or younger, um, there's sometimes a lot of, you know, I guess resistance is the word. You know, their physical body has resistance or they kind of stop talking about it. They disengage. And all of these kids were like, tell me more about that. I want to know about that. And it makes me think, Karen, of what you see with a, an auditorium filled with, with kids and people and, and having us all come together in this and, and, and be able to hear what you're talking about. And... Anyway, so I just I just think that's that is there. It's happening. Like you said, these grassroots movements. You can't stop that. You can't stop these people from getting excited about taking back their own, you know, self-responsibility, honesty, getting present, getting out of pain in their life. That starts happening and then all of a sudden it goes like a ripple effect. And the the from a single candle, we light the world up. That's with this right. idea. And that's exactly what you're doing. But you see, that's the choice, and it's because you've opened the box, okay? And you see life differently. And let me bring one more thought in about the people that you're talking about in that age group. This isn't their first dance. This isn't their first junior high dance. These people probably went out in the 80s or the 60s, and they're back. And they're like, hey, wait, <laughs> we've been through this. We know better. Because remember... We're born where our parents are at the time, okay? So if you were born in the 80s or the 2000s, you are where your parents were at that time. So what? that's an important idea. But what we're here to do is to amplify the choir. We're not here to convert anybody because you can't convert somebody. Somebody that's not willing to open the box and they just want to keep looking in that one hole, even though they know there are two other holes. That's the other <laughs> thing. They know there are two other holes. It's not like they don't know that, but they don't want to look. You can't do anything about that. However, you can role model. You can teach. You can give that ripple effect. I mean, think about that. I'm, I'm reading a book. I just started, I got it today at the library about the tipping point. And that's what he talks about. He talks about how ideas spread like viruses. Okay. And some of them are good and some of them are bad, but think about that. If you keep talking about what you believe in and you keep modeling that, there are people around you. I, I remember this happening and I think David, I told you this, but Kate, you never heard this. This, this was the most amazing story of that kind of experience. Way back when I was at Ford Motor Company, I was getting ready to do Outward Bound and I had to be able to run so many or walk so many miles, you know, in a half hour to, to qualify to go out in this Outward Bound thing. And I wasn't in good shape. I mean, one block and I would, felt like I was going to have a heart attack, you know, so, and I was heavy and everything. But anyway, I was doing this. Every day I was out there running as much as I could. And one of the guys that worked for me said, I'll bet you I can beat you in a mile. 
Now this guy smoked, I didn't smoke at the time, and he was heavier than I was. And I thought, yeah, cool, you got it. And he said, I'll bet you a buck. Well, so we set the time and place what we're gonna race, okay? And we're just gonna race a mile. And his name was Rick DG. I will always remember this guy. Anyway, so he doesn't tell me that he's invited everybody in the building. Okay, so there's like 500 people in this building. He's invited everybody to watch us race. And of course, I don't know this. So we get to the Ford, it was Ford Park in Dearborn. We get there and we take off, you know, and all of a sudden I see these cars filled with people <laughs> following us, you know. And right before, I mean, I'm two blocks away from the end and I get a cramp. And I get a cramp so bad, I fall to my knees because I can't move again. I mean, I just, just, I get a cramp. And so he passes me. He was way behind me. I mean, he was two blocks behind me, right? He passes me and he wins the race. I have to give him a buck. So, you know, and all these people are cheering me. Hey, Rick, yeah, you're great. You beat her, you know, and everything. And so I thought, okay, I mean, I, it was egg on my face, but, you know, I could do it. I could get past that. The ne Not the next day, about a month later, my cohort, because there were three supervisors and we had shifts, my cohort came to me and said, I'd like you to do this performance review of this certain individual. And I said, well, I don't work with him. And he said, but he wants you to do his performance review. And I said, but I don't work with him. How could I do his performance review? He said, well, you know, he used to be a real problem. He used to be one of our worst technicians. He said, but now he's become a model technician. And he said, it's all because of you. And I said, but I don't work with him. How could it be all because of me? So I went to talk to this guy and I, his name was Gary. And I said, Gary, why do you tell people that your whole life has changed? I said, you've become a model technician. Why do you say your whole life has changed because of me? He said, remember the day you raced Rick DG? He said, I was in one of those cars and I watched you. And I thought if she could do it, I could do it. And he said, and I started to work on running. And he said, because I was in really bad shape and I was smoking. And he said, and my son started to run with me. And he said, it's changed the entire dynamic of our family. He said, now I just want to be a star. I don't want to be a loser anymore. And I thought, my God, I didn't even know this man was watching me. And that's what role modeling does. You don't even know who's watching you. You don't even know the lives you've changed. In fact, I was talking to a client, I haven't seen him in years. And he said to me, he said, Karen, I want you to understand that you taught me things that have changed the trajectory of my life. And I said, my God, Christopher, that's gigantic. He said, but it's real. Now think about that. One idea that you share with another person can change the trajectory, the entire trajectory of their entire life, just because you are willing to be honest, responsible, and present. Take responsibility for everything you create in your life. To me, that's magic, that's amazing, but that's what we're here to do. That's exactly right. I mean, that's that was my that was essentially exactly what I said to those kids. I was like, you know what? Even if you're gonna be a teacher, if you're just gonna be a performer, if you can change one person to believe that they can do it, whatever it is, I don't care, I don't care what it is, um, that is positive and empowering for them, think of what you've done. Yeah, and watching somebody live their life in alignment like that, living their life consciously like that, you know it when you see it. And I, I, I know I talk about Emma a lot on these podcasts, but I mean, she is one of my role models 
you know, and, and even going through the, the time frame we've been talking about here, you know, you look at Emma, Emma doesn't, Emma doesn't care about what's going on. She doesn't care about the, <laughs> the, the politics. The politics. She doesn't care about anything. She doesn't care. She, she's just going to live in the moment every single day, every single second. And if you try to pull her out of that moment, try to control that moment for her, you're going to get the instant feedback, right? It's, it's, but so when you spend time with somebody who's able to, whether it's you for that person you talk to or my daughter for me, when you spend time with someone like that, maybe you've never seen the difference before, but you just need to see it once and then the light bulb turns on, right? And then you're starting down a different path. Well, and that, that reminds me exactly of my three-year-old, almost four-year-old John, who can, who, who, it just reminds me that we're all this way. We are this way. You know, what we, what the, the corruption that happens to us as humans is the ego that we allow in to take the, to take the wheel away from us. Because John is, he's such a great example. Adam and I were arguing about something dumb. I can't even remember what it was. And I, John, John said, put his hand out and put it on my, put it on my arm and said, mommy, let's be happy now. Why don't, why don't you just be nice to daddy? And then he reached over to, to, yeah, to Ad, yeah, Adam and he goes, he goes, daddy, mommy's to be nice now. And she loves you so much. I love you too. You're so great. And I was like, oh my God, we were both just started crying. And then John's like, family hug. And I'm like, yeah. you know, from the mouths of babes, you know, I mean, right? It doesn't get any more simple than that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and you step away and you do laugh about it. You do because, because it was, as I said, I can't even remember what it was. No. I can't even remember what it was. Because you were lost in the drama triangle and little John was totally authentic. He was just being <laughs> honest, responsible, and conscious for his parents. So if you go back to the original question that you had, and I think this is an important question, how do we create the life that we really truly want to live when we're surrounded by chaos? It is to grab on to something in that moment when we're caught up in, in pain and suffering or fear, or do something, take a deep breath, you know, go for a run, change. Yogananda would say, it, you know, if you're tempted, run away, get away from the situation first, say no, run away, and then let that, let the process happen. So, or Yogacharya would say, count to 10, you know, give your intuition some time to work because if you react, Oftentimes we do things that are going to harm us. Okay, mm -hmm. the good part is our higher self has us. Okay, remember our higher self wants us to live a life of joy. So when we're looking at, so how do I create this? And I think the point that you made, or the question you asked, is really critical because when we're having chaos, and when we're having critical times, we can get caught up in fear that oh well, it's not going to work out, or oh well, how can I create what I want? when you know this is happening when maybe business is slow or maybe you don't have the income you think you should have or you need or whatever or you don't have the choices like you're afraid that somebody's going to come to the door and give your kid a vaccine or take that child away from you so when i look at that and that happens to me from time to time i'll get caught up now wait a minute the truth is we're always in the right place at the right time doing the highest and best thing or learning if we're not in the highest and best, if we're not in the right place at the right time, 
doing the highest and best thing, then we're learning that we're not in the right place at the right time doing the highest and best thing because it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And not feeling right. I think we've talked about this in a previous show, but we all have an internal guidance system. Yes? Our, our emotions, our yeah. feelings, right? So <clears throat> to your point, if it's, if, if I'm, uh, if I have a thought of fear, a thought that's making me feel uncomfortable, sad, that's an indication that the thought that I'm choosing to have is not in alignment with my higher self. Or is it an intuitive hit? So give you a good Explain example. That one. Okay. okay. So I don't know if I told you this, but a couple months ago I heard you're moving. Yes. Remember you saying that? And I said, why? <laughs> We're perfectly happy here in Brookfield. We have a lovely home. We have over a hundred trees. I'm a happy camper. And I heard you're moving. No. I don't want to move. Okay. It's not, it's, this is not an ego thing. This isn't something I planned. This isn't something I haven't had four home invasions and two burglaries like in the last house. Okay. So there's no ego reason to move. But when the higher self says you're moving, you better pay attention. And it wasn't a feeling. Okay. It was just this thought that came actually it was more just like you're moving and this is what's going to happen. But of course now, then comes the ego. Well, how's that going to happen? Yeah. Business has been slow. How, you know, are we going to be able to qualify? Mm-hmm. La, la, la. And then I go, wait a minute. <laughs> How does this work? Yeah. How it works is I'm going to be in the, high, in the right place at the right time doing what's highest and best. If I'm supposed to move, my higher self is going to make sure that I'm moving. It doesn't matter if I need money. The money <laughs> will show up. If I doesn't, It doesn't matter. And that's how you create a life. Because if you try to do it egoically, you're going to get your butt kicked over and over again. But if you say to higher self, show me what's highest and best here. And that's what I've been doing. I heard you're not moving far, you know, and it's for your safety. And I thought, I'm safe in Brookfield, but I don't know what's coming down the pike. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what is going to happen in the country, but I know I'm in the right place at the right time doing what's highest and best. Okay, I know that my intuition is always there to guard, guide, and protect me. Now, if I don't pay attention or if I get caught up in fear or if I think I can't do it or whatever, that's my bad. That's drama triangle. I've fallen back. You're learning. I'm learning. Yes, I'm learning. But that's the other thing that we have to remember. There are many ways to create. Actually, there are only two ways to create, right? You either do it from ego, which is drama triangle, or you do it the authentic way. The authentic way sometimes is... A challenge, as you point out, because you have to be willing, first of all, to surrender. This is gigantic for me to surrender leaving this house. This house has been really just absolutely wonderful for us, okay? And yeah, I have to tell you this, and I don't, don't think Richard will be too unhappy with me. So when I, when I heard that we were moving, I knew I couldn't tell Richard because I knew he wouldn't be happy about that. So I waited a couple of weeks, and I said, we're moving. And he said, no, I'm not. And it was, it was when they sent the unmarked, federal agents into Portland and they were pulling people off the street. That's when I heard we're moving. I'm not moving out of fear. And I said, no, we're not moving out of fear. But when we get the hit to put this house on the market, we're moving. Okay. Now he was resistant. Okay. But I'm just focusing on, okay, well, I'm, I'm always in the right place, the right time doing what's highest and best. So I'm just moving forward with this knowing, okay, it's all going to turn over. Great. About a month later, I get an email from my beloved husband how about this house in Lake Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> now, so what I'm what I'm saying is, 
Sometimes even our partners, our friends and everything are resistant to change. But if we model what it's like to be in alignment with our higher self, to surrender, to listen, then we're going to be in the right place at the right time, doing what's highest and best, or learn the hard way. So question for you, and I'll, I'll, sure. I'll make up an example. Okay. Um, just taking what you just said. So we're a husband and wife are in that position, and one, let's say I get the hit, we're going to move. But my wife doesn't, and I share that. Is it possible that in some cases she doesn't have to, that, that may not be her path, right? J- just because I got the hit doesn't mean we're both doing it. Here's the unfortunate and, and, part. You're absolutely and, and right. So, and so I, I think that that might be what makes it harder for some people when they get the intuitive hit to go, but I'm not going to sacrifice, and I'm making up an example, right? I'm not, I'm not going to sacrifice my family, my marriage, my job, my something because I got a hit. And, and I suppose eventually you'll be forced into a position that the universe is just going to say, well, I told you you're going to do that. Or 9-11. Remember how many people did not show up for work that day because of something that didn't mm-hmm. feel right. Remember how many people went down those staircase and went back up because they felt guilty or they felt that they were going to get into trouble and they died. Mm-hmm. So the intuition is always there to guide, guard, and protect us. Now, here's my philosophy, and, and I could be wrong. If you get an intuitive hit and you don't follow it, you're going to learn and it's not going to be pretty because your higher self wants you to live a life of joy. And if you have a partner that refuses to accept that or understand that, then that's your challenge because you have a partner who's unwilling to surrender. You know, in fact, years ago, Richard said to me, he said, well, why does we call God spirit, divine mother sometimes? He said, well, why does divine mother talk to you and not to me? And I said, because I surrender because I ask and I do. You don't ask, and you don't do, you know. But but that's the truth. And it's not good or bad or right or wrong. We're all, we're all doing the best we can, okay? Some of us think we have to intellectually figure things out. I used to be that way. I don't do it anymore. As soon as I heard you moving, I thought, okay. And we've cleaned out the garage. We got rid of the pool table. I mean, you know, it's slow, but... I, I heard you're not looking for a house until around Christmas time, and it's not going to be, you know, you're not moving till spring. Well, I'm cool, okay? But that's the point. Now, I know I haven't created this intellectually, and I also know that it's going to be better than what I already have because our higher self always wants us to live a life of joy, and that's where people get hung up. They think that God wants pain and suffering for them. Now, think about that. You have a child. You have a child. Do you want pain and suffering for your kids? No. No, of course not. (laughs) But somehow we got this belief that we should be afraid of God because he's really just going to crucify us like he crucified Jesus. Well, that's not the way it is. Okay? And that's another thing that prevents us from creating the life of joy that we want. We get the hit. It's clear, but we don't want to do it because we don't want to cause waves. We don't want to hurt this person or whatever. And then we learn. And it's not always pretty. In fact, it's usually very painful. And so you see what I'm saying, but that is getting dragged back into the drama triangle. We're still back to there's only two ways to live. You either live in alignment with your higher self 
or you live in alignment with your ego, your ego's going to beat the living crap out of you. Your higher self has your right front, back, and everything else. Makes sense? That totally makes sense. And that's that's why this time right now isn't in the end scary. No. And, and when you can see it like that. When, no. you, choose, when you choose when you to see it, right? When you choose to see it. Right? And yet, no, let's make it a little bit more difficult just to tat. So way back when I was in Shackley, I was at a big meeting of all the, the uh, muckety mucks because I was a, I was a, well, I won't talk about what level I was, but anyway, we were meeting and two guys in this group who were a little higher than me in, in Shackley were both Jewish. One was a judge and one was an orthodontist. And I don't remember why, but we were talking about intuition that night. And the judge said to the uh, orthodontist, he said, uh, Ben, if you got a hit that you had to, you know, grab your kids and your wife and put them in a car and get out of town, would you go? And he said, no, I wouldn't leave all my wealth. I wouldn't, you know, I got this big house on the lake. And And the judge said, that's what happened to us in Germany. Mm-hmm. We weren't willing to go. We weren't willing to let go. Now, I want you to understand, think about what the Germans had to live through. Think about what the world had to live through in the Second World War. It was horrific. This is, this is a piece of cake compared to that, right? But, and yet, they had to learn. They had to learn to follow their intuition. The people that followed their intuition, I have a dear friend, his parents, his mother was Jewish. They got out before the curtain closed. They got out of Germany, okay? So, but they were following their intuition. They weren't, they weren't stuck in saying, oh, I'm not gonna leave. I'm not gonna leave my, you know, my home and all my wealth and everything. No, we gotta get out of here. We gotta save our lives. And so it's not always life and death, but it is always a choice between joy and pain. Mm. The authentic triangle being in alignment with your higher self is always a life of joy. The drama triangle is always a life of pain. And if people could really get that, I think they'd wake up faster from the nightmare because they'd realize, wait a minute, if I'm feeling hate or fear or anger, First of all, I have to check in, is this my intuition trying to protect me, or is this my little ego? Yeah. Right, and that's where yeah. I say, like, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, these people are crazy, we probably aren't listening anymore if you think we're nuts, but anyway, <laughs> if you're listening and you're thinking, I just don't know, or I'm on the fence about it, I would just say, prove it, prove it wrong, you know, like, try it out and see, and see, because that's, that's really the thing, right, is experiential wisdom, like, stop for a minute, count to ten, try to get really clear about what you know, what you're feeling and uh, get, you know, honest, responsible and conscious, really present and see what comes of it. Because that's really the experience that has happened to me. And it's like you've said too, Dave, where it becomes this domino effect. Like you do it once, you do it twice. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm seeing this more and more around me. It's like it's like anything you focus on, right? And you can think about it even just in the practical, physical world. Like if, you, if you're selling your house, all of a sudden you start seeing houses that look good. You know? <laughs> that's right. Like, that's right? right? And it's something just as simple as that, right? Or if you're looking for a car, all of a sudden you see, oh, that's a cool Prius over there. And it's, it's because you're focused. That's uh, right. There's not suddenly more houses or suddenly more Priuses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because you're focusing on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, so. and, and the same thing is true in relationships, right? Exactly. If you focus on what you don't like, voila. If you well, focus on what you do like, voila. It's all <laughs> Yeah, I have a quick story on that, right? Our, the, the current dog. Laura and I have struggled over the years of getting the perfect dog for the family because we were, in the beginning, we weren't 
really conscious and making an effort to create together. Right. So it would, and she's, she's more of the dog person. I love animals, but she's really the dog person. So, you know, maybe she would go pick a dog out and I wasn't, I didn't really play a role in that. So we'd end up with a dog that didn't work for me. Growl at you. <clears throat> that, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the worst <laughs> case was that, that dog, every time I came down in the room, he'd growl at me for three years. Yeah. But anyway, but you, but we, we worked with you. All right. And, and that, that was when you planted the seed with us. Well, just why don't you try to create together, right? right? Decide what you want. Don't try to control the outcome, but just focus on what would the, imagine what it would feel like to have the perfect dog mm. for the family and focus on the feeling and trust that the universe will deliver whatever form that needs to take. And so the last, well, at least the last three dogs, that's what we've done. And every time it gets better. Ah, this, the dog we have now is even better than the last one for all of us. Now, now just think Which of what is, you just got done saying. Yeah. See, you just answered your question, right? How do I create a life that I love? I ask, what would that look like? I, I feel, feel like. the feelings mm. and then I trust the universe <clears throat> will bring it to me. And that's the effortless way. That's what Neville yeah. Goddard talks Before about. Before you have asked, I have answered. Yes. Right? I yes. mean, truly, it's it's there for you. The kingdom is there, sitting there, more beautiful than all of us could imagine. And I think that's that's the thing I hold on to and I'm most frustrated, I think, about. Before you've asked, I've answered. And whatever I'm holding on to, I go, oh, it could be better. Exactly. Oh, it could be even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so that's the answer. Okay. Yeah. But now think about this. Let's just kind of dissect it. What you're doing is you're being honest, responsible, and conscious. You're in alignment with your higher self. You're asking not for what you want or for what Laura wants or what Emma wants. Right. You're asking what's highest and best for the family. Yeah. And when you do that, you're putting yourself in alignment with your higher self. And your higher self says, geez, thanks for asking. I got the perfect <laughs> dog for you. Well, and in, in the beginning, we that was a struggle because there was a level of mistrust between the two of us and so it took a while to kind of work that through to say, all right, well, that worked. I guess we'll trust each other a little more. We'll, we trust the outcome a little more. And then eventually it's easier now to create, co-create together as opposed to saying, you know, the, it's a battle of egos. And, and see, that's another thing that's really important. When you're battling egos, you're in the drama triangle. When you surrender to what's highest and best, you're in the authentic triangle, you are in alignment with your higher self. And so the perfect situation has to occur. Now think about that. Kate, you were mentioning this earlier. The perfect situation, not the mediocre situation, the perfect situation must come to you because that's what you've asked for. Remember in the Bible it says, ask and ye shall receive. It doesn't say ask and work it out or ask and figure it out or ask and solve it. It says asking you shall receive. But what you ask for is the important thing because that's all that higher self can give you. If you say, oh, I just want a dog. <laughs> okay. You right. can have a pit bull that bites you. Okay. Cujo. Right. But if you say, I want what's highest and best for my family. And think about that. You can use that in every area of your life. I want what's highest and best for my business. I want high, what's highest and best for my students. I want what's highest and best, period. Then then only joy can come to your life. And there's no judgment in it. If, if, you, if you choose to do it one way and just say, I just want a dog, okay. 
No, not wrong with it. No, but, but you gonna, but you could be happier. Oh, but you could also get burnt. And you could also go the estrogen. No, I trust me, yeah, yeah. you're going to get burnt <laughs> right. because you're not in line with your higher self. It's just like when somebody's talking to me about relationships, and I've had this happen. Oh, I just want somebody to go to dinner with. I go, okay, <laughs> okay. I can tell you all kinds of really weird people you can go to dinner with, or do you want your ideal mate? Do you want the perfect person for you? Well, I don't want to get really involved. And I go, okay, but you still can have the perfect person for you that will be joyful instead of, you know, causing you all sorts of mayhem. And so that's the simple thing, but people don't know it. Well, okay. and and I love how, if you think about this whole discussion that we've had, how we've, you know, we've looked at the, we're looking at, we really are looking at politics, but the trajectory of what we've talked about has gone inward towards self-responsibility because you can't make any progress that you're not owning yourself. And so I, I'm just, I, I think just to kind of put a bow on it to not, you know, but whatever, but those to give credit to those things at all is to say, I don't have the power myself and to look at yourself as the powerful being that you are is everything. And so I love how now it's like it is all about relationships and it is a, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with everyone you encounter. And that is the change we want to see in politics. Just like, and that's coming up for us because it's one, we need to pay attention <laughs> to ourselves. That's right. <laughs> and, and so this is coming up for us, giving us, like you've said, the opportunity to really go inward and go, who am I? Yeah, because what do I want to be? Our relationship with ourself determines how we're going to relate to other people. Right. Mm -hmm. Think about that. If we think God is separate from us, then we think that there's this punishing God that's going to, you know, get us. But if we realize that we live and move and have our being, and that dwelling presence is the essence of our life, that there's no place where we can go that God is not, that we're one, then it totally changes the way we behave in the world. And it totally changes the way we see other people because if it's true of me, it's true of you. Right. <laughs> Hello. And, yeah, it's not. It's not our job to focus and ch try to change the people around us. It's our job to focus exclusively on ourselves. Well, but you can focus on people by deciding whether or not you're going to see the good in them or the poopy part. You're right, right. But I mean, in terms of the try to control right. to change them to fix them. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah. Uh, and yet we do have power, right? Because you can walk into a room and you can feel whether or not the people like you or not by the vibes. But you can also radiate love and just decide that that's what you're going to be. Yes. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to take that in. Yeah, nope. That's and if you yours. radiate love, you mm -hmm. can't take it in if it's negative because love is so much more powerful. They can't coexist. No, they space. can't coexist. Well, this has been amazing, yeah. and, and I'm so glad we did this tonight. I really appreciate both of you. Um, we all have such good ideas. but. Thanks, David. You feel good? Wonderful. You feel complete? Yes. How about you, It feels great. I feel good, too. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for joining Shifting Consciously. It is our hope that this podcast will be a means of strengthening community and supporting one another. Feel free to ask questions, share your troubles, and celebrate your victories by going to our website, www.shiftingconsciously.com. Then share this podcast with your friends and join us for the next segment, which will be recorded, as always, extemporaneously. Until then, make it a great day and radiate love.